are listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loud-mouthed movie cynic. And action! Welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? <laughs> Cold Calls Star Wars Edition Part 2. Part 2. Lukewarm God. Calls. Damn it, Kyle. It- we're... We're we're calling up our our last uh, guest here, and we are going to uh, to finish this out for now. We might get some listener mail in the future, but this is where it's going to end. Well, can we then you promise me we'll take a two year break until the next movie comes out? Yeah, until Rogue One comes out in one year, but yeah. Shit! <laughs> oh my god! All right, all right. So all right, all right. let's begin right here. Let's. Uh, you want to dial up Patrick? Let's do it. Let's give Patrick a call. You've yep. got his number, right? I do. I do. I do. In the meantime, everybody knows that Patrick was a panel member as well. Let's see what Patrick has to say. Let's see what Patrick has to say. Patrick is great. We're going to have to have him in the studio. Again. We Listen, will. He knows it. We will. He knows it. He's VIP. Very important, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're corny. We're corny here. Oh, here we go. Patrick, what's going on, man? I'm good. How are you doing? I am excellent, thank you. All right. Yo, I'm here too, Patrick. How you doing, man? Oh, hey, James. How are you? Wonderful. Let's talk. Uh, we're, we're, doing, we're, we're doing cold uh, calls. Let me, uh, let me, let me uh, pause for a moment. Okay, so currently I'm using headphones, and oh. let me, uh, for, for your recording purposes, I don't know if this is better or if I unplug them, which I'm going to do right now. And if I talk directly to the phone, does that sound better, or do the headphones sound better? Or that sounds great, Patrick. <laughs> this sounds better? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. You could do either, really. Okay, All right, Patrick, shoot. Is there anything about Star Wars The Force Awakens that you want to say that you feel like you couldn't get out in our hour-plus worth of two episodes? <laughs> Go, shoot. The, the Star Wars extravaganza uh, uh, talk that we had. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, I was, I, there are some more things about the cyclical nature of the story uh, that I wanted to say. Um, I'll try to get them out fast. Uh, so let's see. Um, the the it's a third a third element to um, to the cyclical nature to the to kind of the, the recycled plot as James said um, is I find it really interesting um, that you have kind of the same plot uh, superstructure that you had in the original movie or maybe the, the first two movies and right. some elements of Empire in there as well. Um, but within, like, the internal elements of the story are what all, get all kind of uh, uh, switched around, you know. So, for instance, um, in the original movie, you have the Star Destroyer that, uh, that kind of overtakes the, the, the Rebel Blockade Runner, um, and that's how we are introduced to characters and to, to uh, you know, kind of the, the, the main forces in, in the movie. Um, and, you know... It, Invading the you know once once they catch up you've got these kind of faithless stormtroopers who all invade the the, um, the the ship and in the new movie you kind of you, you switch it around and you've got you're, you're seeing this from the stormtroopers' uh, point of view and then even to the point where you eventually get you know to know one of the stormtroopers personally and. And that's where I feel like a wrench gets thrown into the works. You, you've got like, okay, oh, we're kind of redoing the, the Star Wars movie. However, um, 
you know, now things are different, though. You know, right. what if what if one of these stormtroopers is not just a faithless drone? It's not just a, um, uh, uh, you know, kind of going along and following orders. What if he is actually, you know, a person who's got, you know, uh, motivations of his own? And he's, he's, he's going to not just kind of... Um, do something different, but he's going to actually propel the story forward and be an important uh, player in, in this story, which I yeah. think is great. I, I too, uh, I see that with the with what you mentioned, the superstructure of the film. It's easy to look at it and say, well, it's a clone of A New Hope. You know, they have these people, they're just, they're resistant, they get together, realize one of them's a Jedi, they go and blow up Starkiller base that blew up some home worlds before, and it has that almost you know identical basic structure to it but the internal plot conflicts are all reversed or new or different and when you start to delve a little deeper into that you you see those changes and i i liked that as well yeah yeah like yeah i, I do as well um and also uh i you know, um i've been re-watching uh, the original movie in fact uh well i've been waiting for your call uh, <laughs> watching, uh, star wars uh sometimes referred to as episode four um, and, uh, the, uh, it's, it's interesting, it's interesting to, to see, um, uh, you know, the things that are the same, the things that are different, and the things I think we've forgotten. We think of Darth Vader as such a badass, and such a, um, uh, kind of, um, uh, a lot more regal than, than, say, Kylo Ren, but, you know, when we're first introduced to him, first of all, he kind of, I mean, and I've always thought this, he sort of walks on to the, he steps over the dead bodies and kind of puts his, his, you know, fists on his, on his hips and kind of looks around and he looks kind of like a dork, you know, he's like, that's Darth Vader? Like, can you imagine watching this movie, hearing all this great stuff about Darth Vader and you see that and you're like, really, that's the guy? This yeah. is the guy that you're all talking about. That's a, um, that's a really good point. Time we see, yeah, and the next time we see him, and this is really interesting, I hadn't really connected this before I was rewatching it. The next time we see him, he's kind of throwing a tantrum. He's choking a guy, throws him against a wall, and then he screams at a guy, you know, I don't care, tear the ship apart, find the plan. Like, wow, that's not how I think of Darth Vader. I think of him, I tend to think of him as when he got cool, which was (laughs) Empire Strikes Back. Totally. He doesn't really get cool. He's like kind of like this menacing character in in the original Star Wars, and then he's got this kind of battle with with Ben Kenobi, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things is not the most exciting lightsaber battle. Yeah, he's got like 10 minutes Um, of screen time in the whole film. Yeah, he really really is sort of like this ominous kind of background character for a lot of it, but he, and nothing he does is that cool. He doesn't get cool until Empire Strikes Back. And in fact, I would say that the entire Star Wars uh, series doesn't really get that cool until Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Which is interesting, which I, I think is, uh, I, mean, I know, we're getting a little off topic of <laughs> Force Awakens, um, but I think that that, that, that is, it's actually relevant because a lot of people, they think they compare uh, this movie to the original trilogy, but if you compare it to the original movie, it's actually better in so many ways. Right. I agree with that. Um, yeah, yeah. And and uh, although the original movie will always, you know, it, it, like I like I said in the, in the original podcast, it's it was formative for me. You know, so they're, they're, it, as dorky as a lot of it is, it's still like it's still kind of perfect in my heart. So I have a question for all of us at this point, and that is: Did yes. you see the movies individually, and did you wait uh, time between them, or? do they kind of all lump together as one experience? Because, for instance, with myself, when I saw them, 
I saw them kind of... I, I don't have individual memories of them. I have the memory of the original ah. saga. That's all I've got. So what about you, James? Do you have that saga memory or do you have them individually? Saga memory. You have the saga memory. Yeah. And Patrick, where are you at with that? Well, as, as, uh, as I mentioned in the original podcast, I was had uh, nine when, when the original Star Wars uh, came out. And so I saw each one first release in the movie theater. Interesting. Uh, as a 10-year-old, as a, what, 11-year-old, as a, as a 13-year-old. Um, so, yeah, they are, they are very much their own movies uh, in that way, although, although over the years they've sort, of, they've sort of maybe shifted a little bit into becoming more one, one trilogy. Um, but I definitely have very strong memories of them uh, as Indiv- individual, right. not just individual features, but individual experiences. Because like, like I touched upon in the original podcast, these were experiences. You know, you saw this movie, and especially the first one, everybody is talking about it. It is everywhere, and it's like this cultural phenomenon that's different from what you have today, which is sort of like a marketing phenomenon. You know? Very true. And it's hard to say whether a, 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 you know, Force Awakens would be the same cultural phenomenon. That's a really good point. It was it was yeah. unknown, you know. Now there were expectations. People did want more of the same, more of that marketing, you know, to see that for it to live up to expectations. Well, you know, it's another thing that that um, to factor into this conversation. I really appreciate that point, just like Kyle said. That's an excellent point, and that is back in the original movie's release. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna just speculate that there wasn't as much static in the cultural landscape, right? Something like Star Wars comes along, and you can confirm this for me, but something like Star Wars comes along, and it is everything that everybody's talking about all the time. But now, let's face it, even the company that produced this latest Star Wars movie is going to replace it with something in a few months that will compete for your attention on just as grand as a scale. And I'm talking about like Disney also owns Marvel. So a few months, a few scant months after this huge marketing Mm -hmm. phenomenon, not cultural, but marketing comes out, Another marketing juggernaut is going to be jammed Very in your good face. Point. And so it, it can't have the same impact because our attention span is so is so whittled down to gnat-like quantities, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Patrick? I like that. That makes sense. I, I, I absolutely agree, but a um, couple points on that. One, uh, they're not just going to come out with you know another Marvel movie, but in uh, within... I think it's the end of this year, I believe. We have the the, stand, the first of the standalone uh, right. Star Wars movies. Rogue, Rogue One. One, I think yeah. it's called. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't, I'm not talking just Marvel. Like, like I'm not even talking just Disney. Like There'll be animated movies that right. will rob our attention away from oh, Star Wars absolutely. for a while. There'll be DC movies, Marvel movies, Bond movies. Blah, blah. The landscape is so littered that it, it, it can never... You can't... That, that lightning in a bottle, you, you'll never capture it again. Yeah? So I don't want to get us stuck yeah. in, in, oh, this, um, in this... Uh, a reoccurring situation because I want you to be able to say everything else that you yeah. had. So are there other topics that you didn't get to say much about that you'd like to move on to? Uh, uh, well, I would like to make two, I'd li- like to make, uh, two more points. Sure. On that. Uh, one, yeah, well, it was, that, that's, a, that's a huge difference between the late 70s, early 80s, and, and today. You know, like we didn't have an internet back then. We, right. didn't, have, we didn't have all these other things that not only compete for our attention, but also um, uh, have been blamed for for reducing our attention span. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, that, 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 that that's that's who we are now. We're you know look at look watch go and watch um, the original Star the original trilogy in fact the whole original trilogy, and you'll have all these very 
slow-paced, you know, um, scenes that take their time. That they don't, they don't within within the context of movies that were shot back then. They don't feel slow. They just feel much more leisurely yeah. than movies are now. Um, so that's just that's just a difference between the the you know the sort of the, the zeitgeist of then and and now. Um, and uh, the third point that I was going to make, I forgot. <laughs> okay, so give us um, anything else about the movie that you loved, hated, didn't get to talk about, you thought was interesting. Well, I've got a few notes here. Let's see. Um, okay, let's get into this. Um, I would like to I would like to rebut something James said. Uh, he, he complained about the fact that Harrison Ford is getting paid more than Daisy Ridley. Yeah. Um, and of course, I would love to see Daisy Ridley, especially in the next movie. I want to see her get paid like like mountains of money because she is the star, obviously, of this of this new trilogy. Um, but Harrison Ford, being an established movie, a huge, huge movie star, you know, one of the biggest movie stars of the nineteen eighties, um, that he should, of course, get paid more. I think. Um, uh, I, I don't. I don't think that's more. That's a gender. He should get paid more than anybody. Um, a respectable for, for, amount. A respectable amount. Right, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, Not orders of magnitude larger. <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, I, I think if you had anybody, how's this? I, I don't know. I haven't looked at any kind of figures, but I hope that, I hope that, um, that uh, uh, Carrie Fisher is getting paid just as much as Harrison Ford. That's what I hope. I think they paid her in fucking cigarettes. <laughs> They paid her in cartons of Marlboro Lights. That's what they paid her in. Her voice was just... Anyway, and, raspy as well. hopefully dog food uh, for that adorable little dog of hers. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Keep going, keep going. What do you got? Okay, couple, couple, okay, couple things. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, cash grab. Uh, that's, that's another of, of James's complaints about this one. Uh, as I recall at the time, Return of the Jedi was, was called the same when it first came out. Right. Um... And that's kind of gotten forgotten, I think. That that you know that that, that it was it was seen as of course a recycling of the plot, uh, and then you add cute teddy bears that kill people, uh, <laughs> and then you know you've got the, <laughs> you've got you've got like a, uh, all these um, kind of toy marketing um, aspects of it. Uh, so a lot of there were there were complaints about that as well. This is this is not a new complaint about the Star Wars series. Um, uh, so that's one point. Um, let's see. Um, uh, I do agree. Uh, this is, I, I don't remember if I, if I mentioned this uh, originally, but I do agree that one of the weakest points of The Force Awakens is that the political situation is kind of vague. Yeah. You know, I know, I know uh, Josh kind of explained a little bit, but watching the movie, it didn't, for me, it didn't hurt it. I just kind of like glossed over it in my own head, like, okay, you there's had- something political going on. Doesn't really make me care less about these characters. You had to infer it yourself a lot. You sort of did, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the weaker parts of the movie. Right. Um, Let's see. I think um, it's really interesting to speculate as to what is going on with Kylo Ren. Ah. Um, Is he really trying to finish what Vader started? Uh, as in what we know Vader started, and what Vader started was the toppling of the Empire. Um, and it's really interesting to speculate, is that really what he meant? Was, was, is, is that the twist, the, the kind of, you know, the, the um, 
the Tambor director, which is, <laughs> who's this guy? Right. Uh, the director of, pardon? The M. Night Shyamalan twist? No, 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 well, I'm thinking of the actual director of this movie. Oh, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> thank you, thank you, sorry. I heard yeah, twist and I went to Shyamalan. Right, right, yeah, it is, it is a very, it's a natural response. Um, <laughs> but uh, is that the twist? Is he um, really doing that? And and did is the whole point of that exchange between him and Han Solo on the bridge, is it that Han Solo gets that, like, okay, I think I, I see what you're saying. You're saying you have to do, I will do whatever you need to do, and I think I know that. Um, interesting. So it might it, have it's multiple. Really interesting to watch again. I'll tell you what. If they go with that angle, I'd be pleased yeah. because it would represent an interesting twist, as opposed to just keeping bad guys bad and good guys good and slotting them where they belong and having them play out their roles. But at the same time, they yeah. really have to handle it carefully because they've, with this first movie, they've followed the template of the original Star Wars so closely that a radical departure like this, uh-huh. as in, you know, he's kind of mole-ish, working from the inside, and, you know, slips into bad, but is really, like, his ultimate mission has been all along to take down the Empire, a la what he, you know, interprets Vader's final going-out mission to be. They have to be really careful if they do that, because it could it could be handled, it could be, it has the potential to be really mishandled, you see yeah. what I'm saying? You could come at the end and be like, ah, but we fooled you the whole time, and like, yeah, yeah it could be like... Because they've already sort of set a course for pretty standard storytelling, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, right. they're really, they're really on that It would have to right be now. very nuanced moving forward. Yeah. But um, to, to that effect, um, Patrick, give us one more point that you had, because we're almost out of time here. Uh, okay, um, I, uh, I started to touch on this, on what is so interesting about Finn, and um, the, the thing you know, that makes him really interesting is Maz, uh, during their little conversation, she, she stops everything. She crawls up on the table, and she says, you know, uh, you know, I've seen your eyes before or something, but she's basically saying, like, there's something going on with this guy. You guys should pay attention. Yeah. Um, and I think that get, kind of gets forgotten, and that's a little bit uh, a fault of the storytellers. I think there's so much going on in, those, in that area of the, of the movie that it's kind of easy to forget. But, like, hold on. M- Mom's just said, this guy's super important, everybody. Those, <laughs> I kind of forgot that. Those scenes um, got a little bit overblown by the, uh, the way hearkening cantina references the new yoda character they introduced everything got overshadowed i believe in that kind of fan service but yeah that was a really important part of the movie well see to be honest with you a lot of a lot of the beef that i raised you know including that those characters finn and the wannabe yoda if i get around to seeing this movie again which i'll only do if it's on a dollar theater or something like that um (laughs) then i'll 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 try to give those yeah maybe i'll get a bootleg i'll try to give those moments they're due and I'll, I'll try to hone in on the important stuff but it's a lot of times like you guys are admitting it's tough it's it's a little bit cluttered in there right it's tough yeah um so my last question for you uh patrick is han solo's demise how'd you how'd you feel what went through your head oh wow uh so i've seen the movie three times thus far um and uh i have tears in my eyes every single time god uh, every single time. And, uh, I mean, I'll tell you, I grew up with this character. Right. I literally grew up with this character. I grew up, you know, he was part of my childhood play. He was part of my, you know, like, kind of, you know, he's one of those guys, like, you know, you're in a situation, especially maybe your teenage years, what would Han Solo do? Right. You know? <laughs> kind of he, thing. 
maybe not the best uh, role model, but hey, he's there. There he is. It's um, interesting in the same way that if you took a character from history uh, or somebody that's been like really loved and respected, like I- I'm going to use this as an example, but this isn't what I'm referencing, but James Bond has been in, I mean, there's a, uh, 24 movies now that feature Bond. And if they, if in the next Bond film they just killed him and just ended it, I mean, it's a little bit different because it's not like the main driving force of the story. He's like the character yeah, that yeah. everything builds around. But it's as if you, you've you taken this thing that everybody has lived with for, you know, 40 years now nearly, and then you just axe it and like wipe it out of the, out of existence. And it has a lot of connection. It has a lot of history to it. And now it's just like gone. So it, it's kind of weird. I, I, I see your point, but I'd argue that it is very different because um, it, it would be kind of the same perhaps if we had Sean Connery playing an old version of Bond. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. because then it would be like, oh, this guy, wow, yeah, you know, he's the, he's the, you know, he's Bond and this is his old, you know, he's the guy that we've known for all these years. But it right. doesn't feel like we've known, like, yeah, Bond the reset button no, that's, took quite a bit. That's of time. true. Yeah. That was a, another version of him. Right. That was kind of a just a, a metaphor likeness, you know. If you if you basically yeah. if they had ended, you know, somebody's story, you know, they they pick it up somewhere. Yeah, oh, everybody yeah. liked this, and then you just end the story of one of the main characters. You're never going to hear right. from them or see them again. Maybe who the hell knows? But that's yeah. the and then yeah. that's the end of it. So it it has that finality to it that uh, um, that was very striking during that. Definitely does. It absolutely does, and uh, and it is sad, you know, kind of stepping back and realizing, oh, we never got to see Han and Luke together again. You know, right. we never got to see that. Mm. that kind yeah, of yeah. I mean, he'll uh, maybe he'll be a Force ghost or something. Who knows? <laughs> I, I I doubt it. <laughs> I saw a I mean, right. I saw a fan theory know. that said, "What if Han Solo wasn't dead?" And I was like, "Oh, you mean like when he fell into like the core of the planet and it exploded like twenty minutes later?" Yeah. What if he's not yeah. dead? That's ridiculous. When, when they killed him uh, with a lightsaber, and then they killed him with a fall from a great height, and then they killed him by blowing up the planet that he was on. <laughs> yeah, he's good. I think he's dead. <laughs> All right. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for talking to us. Um, we're gonna have to let you go here. Thank you so much for picking up the phone. I- I, I do. I, you're welcome, and thank you guys uh, for calling. I do one final thing I'd like to, to say, and I'd Leave like us. to ask James this. Yes. And James, I have a challenge for you. Okay. Will you see this movie again? Like I said earlier. Will you see this movie again? What? Will you see this movie again? I know you said you have. You won't. I know. I know it has to be in a dollar so a dollar or a theater. But will you see it again? Um, and and uh, you know, trying to trying to to push aside. Your, your prejudices against it and just try because I, I, some of the things you said uh, and we touched upon this again in the original podcast uh, it, it sounds like you missed some some of the plots the uh, plot lines because you were so angry at the movie that might be true and I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna hedge your statement with James will you see it again if magically this film ended up in your possession completely for free perhaps as a gift of some sort do not oh. buy it for me that's what I'm saying <laughs> I'll, I'll go see it in the dollar theater. I'll get a bootleg. What if you? What if you, you were to borrow it from somebody? Would I, you see I would, it again? Yes, I would borrow it. All do right. Not, do not spend All money right. on my behalf. To do not give that rat, <laughs> the evil rat empire, my your money or mine. Like you get the bootleg. Subvert, perfect. Baby. Perfect point, Patrick. Thank you so much well for done, adding Patrick. that in there. You're so welcome.
All right, we'll talk to you soon and get you on the show again, all right? Fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Thank right, you, later. buddy. See you. Yep. There he goes. All right. Patrick, VIP. On that note, we've talked to three people. Uh, let's talk about Rick for a second. We'll give Rick some, uh, yeah, some Rick. service. This is, uh, I'm, I'm sensing a two-part episode now with this Unbelievable. Uh, cold calls. We have no restraint, Kyle. <laughs> None. So, um, so Rick came on as well. He can't be here today. Um, one of his favorite points, I know, was BB-8. And I must say, I don't think they could have made a cuter new droid to, uh, to give us for the film. Stupid, but... <laughs> Disney, stupid Disney mascot It's a marketing. He's the snowman from Frozen. That's what he is. But I think um, Rick and you had a very kindred spirit on a lot of things going into the film. Yes. I think that he had a lot of um, dislikes in the same way that you had. I think he walked away with it with an overall, you know, uh, more glossy look to it. Yeah. Um, he didn't let some of those things bog him down. Um, but he did express, and I don't know if he got his point across during the podcast, an extreme loathing in his uh, talks with us about coming on the podcast for the character of Jar Jar Binks and how the prequels almost trashed and tarnished the uh, original trilogy for him. So he, uh, he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he would want to make sure that during our podcast we had enough things to throw at him in case he just ranted about emo vader and jar jar Binks the whole time <laughs> <laughs> so you have a little uh, a little cousin in the uh, the cynicism there for parts of Excellent. the universe but uh is there anything else you wanted to add about our buddy rick i wanted to thank rick because going back and listening to the podcast he made excellent points about the special effects he made excellent points about the fight sequences and how went away from the Braveheart, Massive Army A, rushing Massive Army B, and all these overhead ridiculous flipping, shooting, lasers, shots, to more of an intimate scale battle. Rick, well done, my man. And he did. He looked at it with a little bit more of a cynical eye, I felt, than other people. Like He was very much confused about the Luke Skywalker angle. Like, why the fuck is this map broken up into pieces to begin <laughs> with? Why is half of it hidden in here, another half hidden there, and that, and that. And so... Uh, and I also remember when I made points about, like, a movie should stand on its own. Rick, I saw him nodding. So I feel like I had a little bit of a, you know. Yeah. Rick Rick's, was a very Rick's silent right. supporter to you. I don't think he yeah. wanted to get eaten up by all the uh, <laughs> the other people in there. But, yeah, there was a lot of, um, you know, things in the film that are hard to overlook. And I think a lot of us overlooked some of them right. in the hopes of wanting to have a good time and enjoy the movie. Um, hopefully they'll get better as they move along. Who's to say? But uh, yeah, Rick was your supporter in that in that endeavor. A so thank bit, you, a Rick. Bit, yeah. And that will conclude part two of <sighs> lukewarm calls. Star Wars: Force Awakens. God it's over. I think we can put it, it to Kyle. rest until people uh, movie news us with some uh, some things, or we have to do some uh, I, I some really, listener mail yeah, about it. I really <laughs> we talked it to death. We have beat this thing down like. Fucking Kylo Ren or whatever the fuck his name is beat down some Rilo consoles. Ken. Is it Rilo Ken? No, I'm just trying oh, to screw you up. Man. You guys always mess with me. Anyway, woof, lukewarm calls. Part two. Part it's two. done. Oof, That's my it. God. Marathon sessions here. Kyle. Final. Yeah. We'll do some listener mail at some point. Send us your questions, concerns. They can be about The Force Awakens. James can deal with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> set at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, your opinions, what you're looking forward to. 
in the future with Star Wars and all the other things we talk about on the yeah, show. Send us We'd, some mail. Send yeah, us some mail. Give people. us some ideas. Yeah. You know, we got ideas of our own, but people have good ideas. We know that. We're scientists. Record us a message. <laughs> send it to us. We'll play it yeah, on the Yeah, send end. us. Record us something. We'll play it on the show. It'll be fun. Right. Um, thank you again for listening. Loudonset, gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube, iTunes, all over the place. Go see some good movies. We'll talk soon. See you later. And cut.